The Inside Learning Podcast is brought to you by the Learnovate Center. Learnovate's research explores the power of learning to unlock human potential. Find out more about Learnovate's research on the science of learning and the future of work at learnovatecenter.org. The problem with training is that when the learner returns to work, people are waiting for them. Soon they're too busy to apply what they just learned and the training investment is wasted. By implementing the expert strategies from today's book, you can assure that the knowledge and skills people have learned are put into practice and make the most of your training dollars. What a killer endorsement from the great management thinker and author Ken Blanchard. Before we reveal the book that Ken was talking about, I want to welcome you to another episode of the Inside Learning Podcast brought to you by the Learnervate Centre here in Trinity College, Dublin. I'm your host, Aidan McCullen. Now, that book was written by a former Olympic athlete and corporate training guru and entrepreneur. This book presents a methodology that works with human behavior rather than against it, and it highlights where traditional training methods fail and how to fill those gaps with proven techniques that help training to stick. There's a difference between telling and teaching, and that difference is reinforcement. We welcome the author of that book, Training Reinforcement, the seven principles to create measurable behavior change and make learning stick. Anthony Worth, welcome to the show. What an introduction. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. What, what an endorsement, man. That's such a great endorsement from Ken Blanchard. I worked with him and his team to uh, reinforce his program. So yeah, I'm proud about that. Brilliant, brilliant. Let's get into something that will be intriguing <laughs> to our audience is yeah. the jump from Olympic champion. So the jump was actually a judo move, literally <laughs> from judo champion <laughs> yeah. to behavioral reinforcement. And for me, as a former athlete as well, it makes absolute sense because training for yourself is yeah. tweaking your behavior every single day in every realm in diet and sleep and training yeah. itself. Yeah. So it, it's probably easier to see it from an athlete's perspective, but not so easy to see it from a HR or an L&D perspective. So let's share that jump for you. I represented the Netherlands in, uh, in the Olympics in 92. So it's already uh, more than 30 years ago. Uh, but um, uh, I competed um, in, in 92. I did not win the gold medal. Uh, but I trained for many, many, many years to um, to see if I can reach the gold medal. Uh, but in 1994, um, you know, I, I I entered the learning uh, learning industry, and at that time I was you know analyzing old training programs, and then I figured out that the way we trained during my career as an Olympic athlete and the way we trained in the learning industry was so different, and in the beginning, I did not have the answer, but slowly I figured out that there is a big difference between the way we trained. And one of the things that I figured out was that during the Olympics uh, and my training career, everything was focused on apply, apply, apply. You know, you train for a certain move and during your competition, you have to apply that new move and you develop yourself. And in the training industry, I saw that the programs were just built on skills and that was it. People go back to their job, get busy, and they forgot to apply what they have learned, as what Ken Blanchard said. 
So I try to develop an, 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 a kind of methodology which was quite new at that time. You know, we're talking about 30 years ago about behavior change. And we all know that in the, in the Olympics, we have the 10,000-hour rules, which is, you know, train for four hours every day, five days a week, 50 weeks a year, and do that for 10 years. That's the 10,000-hour rule. Well, we cannot expect that people do that. So I was looking for a methodology to help people um, with apply what they have learned to change their behavior. You know, you're not, you're not training for how to, you know, ask open questions. You get the benefit once you start to use the open questions. So um, at the end, I was, you know, the last 20 years, I, I, I was working on that innovation and we innovate the methodology and we created a, a successful methodology at the end that's now used in over 100 countries and many Fortune Global 500 companies are using this methodology to change behavior based on, you know, the seven principles like I used in the, in the sports, but I use now for, for 30 years in, in the learning industry. L&D and L&D systems and innovation in LMS, for example, is of interest to our audience. And I'd love to share how you bridged the gap between what you saw and the observations you made in the sporting world to the business world, and then how you actually go, went ahead and built your own system, your own principles. And we'll cover those seven principles in a moment based on the book as well. But maybe you'll share first with the bridge between sporting life and business life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I was a trainer for 10 years and, um, you know, I did all kind of corporate trainings. And I figured out that every year I saw the same faces and they asked me the same questions. And I thought, hey, am I a bad teacher? Ben, I'm a bad trainer. How can I improve myself? But at the end, I figured out that, hey, wait a minute. There is something more what's happening after the training than the training itself. So in the world, we have great, fantastic training programs, but the lack of a application that's where my focus was and i started to figure out here in holland uh with the bigger companies and slowly i moved to the us and finally all over the world and i i started to analyze the results of training and and that's where the business came into my life and said hey wait a minute how can we improve the return on investment how can we improve the results of those training programs because the training programs are great but how can we improve it by application so that's where i make it very easy for every individual um to 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 use my my um methodology and it's called my new behavior that's the name of the methodology my new behavior is actually seven steps to change your behavior and i'll go over it um there are three phases that everybody has to um, pass if you want to change your behavior. The first phase is a very good, solid foundation. Once you have created that foundation, you have the next phase, which is engagement. You have to make sure that you are fully engaged with your new behavior. And once you know that you have built a solid foundation and you have a solid engagement, 
then there is a phase of sustainment. You have to make sure that's, that your new habit becomes a part of your life. So in the foundation, there are three steps very important to, to go through. First, what I figured out is everybody has a great goal. I want to change my behavior. I want to be an Olympic champion. I want to be the perfect father or mother. I want to be the best leader. Or, you know, everybody has great goals. But I know that the first step is make sure you break it down into levels. Let's say um, if you want to reach the penthouse of a building, which is your new behavior, your, your, your goal, you have to use the elevator and start with level one, two, three, four, up to the penthouse. So if you have, if you work in your foundation, the first step is work with your goals and work on your levels. The second step, which is called progress to the black belt, which is, of course, related to my judo sports, is what habits do you need to reach those levels? Um, and people will define habits, good habits, blocking habits. So everything is, is a thinking process in, in that foundation. Then the next step in the foundation, which is the third step, um, you need to think about what do you need for change? What is the environment where, where you want to change? What support do you need from your, you know, your, your system? What, what, what knowledge do you need? So everything is needed to, be, to, be, to become ready for your change. So that's the solid foundation. And I figured out that lots of people, they ignore the time or they don't spend the time on a solid foundation. Once you have built that foundation, I created a, uh, two steps for you. Um, and you can do it individually, which is called engagement. And the good part here is that I actually um, try to, how do you say that, uh, to push you away from your goal. And you need to convince me or, you know, my system that you really want to change. So, for example, um, I will ask you seven when questions because changing behavior will cost time. So seven when questions will put you into a process of, hey, when do you stop? When do you ask for help, uh, support? When do you quit? All those kind of questions. And another one is, um, is it in balance? Because I know that if you want to change your behavior, it has to do with um, you know your body, mind, and social environment. So there has to be a balance before you uh, succeed in the change. And an, another step in the engagement, which is called move to the mat. And I will, I will give you an example because in the judo sport, there is a one final step. You go to the mat to compete and win or lose your fight. And my coach asked me always, hey, Anthony, are you ready to move to the mat? And I can't say yes or no. And sometimes when I say yes, but in my mind, I, I knew uh, I'm not sure. I did not train very hard. I was, you know, that guy looks very strong. I was, you know, still some hesitations about, am I ready? So the only thing is that if you move to the mat and you want to become a champion, you have to be 100% sure that you're ready to change your behavior. So I will do. I will. I will challenge you. 
um, in that last step of the engagement fa- phase, then is the impact of the change you're looking for, is the complexity, is that easy? And the time you want to spend and need to change, is that in balance? So actually, uh, w- what I will do in, the, in that phase of the engagement is actually challenge you if you are ready to change. And uh, I will give you a lot of tools to, um, to support you and to make sure I'm ready or not. And once you're ready, then I know that, um, you know, the, the sustainment phase. And there are lots of um, specialists uh, in my book and also in, you know, in, in, in all the, the researches. Uh, for example, B.G. Falk, he's the director of Stanford Lab. He said, we need at least 22 repetitions before uh, we can talk about a behavior. Or uh, Philippe Lally. She is a psychology um, and she works at the university in London. And she said it will cost about 66 days or nine weeks um, to, for, for new behavior to become automatic. So to change behavior, you have to make sure that there is a kind of sustainment system, how to change your behavior and, and create you know, weekly and daily routines. And that's what the system also included, that we help you with a um, behavior change tracker for at least nine weeks to make sure that you change your behavior. Anthony, one thing I wanted to ask you was yeah. the importance of communication, because one of the things you did was give templates. So I, I often have huge empathy for people that work in an L&D trying yeah. One of the biggest challenges trying to get people to come to the training, right, and then yeah. and then try to get them to come to the training without having that feeling that their inbox is filling up, yeah. and then also <laughs> having them that be present mentally and phys- as well as physically at yeah. the training. Yeah. And one of the things you did was you provided scientifically proven messages and messaging mm-hmm. that were just templates, copy and paste templates for L&D managers or HR managers or leaders in an organization to send to people that had been proven to have higher success rates. I'd love you to share a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, let's say um, I, I, I worked very hard on make it easy for the leaders because I did a research and in that report, it's about 42 pages why leadership and behavior change is not always a good fit because how much education do you get as a leader on the behavior change? What do you know from behavior change? And suddenly, um, you know, your boss, your, 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 uh, the C-level wants to, to change behavior in the organization. So I helped the leaders to make it easy to um, send out you know, just a program um, for for each individual to complete templates. Uh, it's a kind of, bi- it's a bit of an idiot-proof, step-by-step process that leaders can use, or even individuals, you know, uh, individual people can use that template to just to complete. And in the program, I have about 38 videos that support each individual to explain a template. And um, for example, the, the, um, the template for, um, 
let's say move to the mat. I, I, I always like that one. That's a uh, behavior change pyramid. And people just connect the different dots with each other, the dots on, um, you know, the impact in their life, the complexity of the change, and how much time they spend. And once they co- connect the dots with each other, you have lines. It, it will show you exactly if you are in the green field or in the red field. Based on 20 years of innovation, I know exactly if you have a certain connection with the three lines and there is a, how do you say that, a point where the three lines are connecting with each other? The if intersection. That, yeah. If that is in the green area, then there is a good balance between the impact of your li- in your life, the, um, the complexity, and the time you want to spend. So I know that that worksheet will help each individual to be successful. But if you are in a red area, based on that template, what I provide you, is I know that, hey, wait a minute, before you start to change your behavior, I know there is something wrong because you are in the red zone. And that will help also leaders to provide, you know, that individuals already start to change the behavior with something which is way too complex or way too much impact. And um, um, at, at the end, people get frustrated. Uh, the, the leader is, is you know, is, is not, you know, less and less involved or, or, you know, what's going on. This template will help them actually protect them from failure before you even start to change your behavior. So that's a good example of a template which is valuable for each leader. One of the great takeaways, and this would be a great way to close the show and also give our audience something to work on, was a really lovely acronym, really simple one, which is the SAFE method of messages. That stands for style, active, focus, and easy to read. Maybe you'll take us through that as a final message for our audience. Yeah. Well, it's based on the judo sport also. You know, when my coach was um, and close to the to the mat where I need to compete, he was not able to talk, you know, hours what I should do and what, how to do it. It was very short, to the point, etc. Maybe in a couple of seconds, he wants to help me to change behavior during my fight. So the messages that um, you know leaders can send to their indiv- to their to their employees, or uh, if you want to change behavior, has to be very short, and that's why I created the safe method. Um, think about the style. Um, if if the leader wants to send a message to an employee, and he said, uh, "Our clients, for example," then people don't have, feel the connection. If you say your client, it's already much more connected to yourself. So in style, right in the second person, that's very, um, very important. Do this instead of remember this, you know, so so people need to, to work with, with active verbs. If you want to focus um, in, in your messages, please make sure that you don't use lengthy uh, sentences. The best sentence is about 17 words, very short, to the point, and make it easy to read. Um, for, for focus, make sure that it's to the point. Ignore every word which is not valuable. For example, make, make the questions specific. What is the impact? What is the influence? What if? 
what would happen if, what could happen, what is the result? Those kind of questions are so important to make sure that, um, you know, there is a right focus in your question or in your message. I have learned over the years is that challenge yourself to minimize the short message you want to send to about 400 characters. If you do that, you can send it via WhatsApp. You can send it via SMS, very short text, but that will force you to, to make sure it's it's short to the point, etc. So um, I use in my program, in my new behavior program, um, I use social media, which is another innovation. We use um, not anymore an app or an, another thing. We use now the social media via LinkedIn or via you know Instagram, and we use the safe method to send very short messages to help either, either uh, every individual with their behavior change, which is about nine weeks after you complete my program, you will get during nine weeks, very short messages based on uh, the safe method. So yeah, it's it's important to 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 use that safe method. It's a great way to wrap it up today, Anthony. And the final message is where can people find you? <laughs> where yeah. they can find out and reach out more, find out about your work and your latest projects, etc. If you want to learn more about you know my methodology, um, uh, which is called my new behavior. Uh, you can always send me an email about info at mynewbehavior.com. Uh, I reply to you. Uh, I send you the information. You can imagine that I have about 30 years of information, experience, case studies, researches. So if you want really uh, some more background, please send send and an, uh, drop an email to me and I will uh, connect with you. Um, or... Um, uh, find me on LinkedIn. Uh, it's Anthony Word A A A N T H O N I E Worth W U R T H, uh, and then uh, you can find me um, on LinkedIn. And that's it for another episode of the Inside Learning Podcast, brought to you by the Learnovate Center here in Trinity College. Our guest is the author of Training Reinforcement: The Seven Principles to Create Measurable Behavior Change and Make Learning Stick. Anthony Worth, thank you for joining us. Thank you, ma'am. Inside Learning is brought to you by the Learnovate Centre in Trinity College, Dublin. Learnovate is funded by Enterprise Ireland and IDA Ireland. Visit learnovatecentre.org to find out more about our research on the science of learning and the future of work.